Welcome to Studies in the Scriptures with Pastor Mark Fontecchio, a broadcast ministry of Return to the Word and made possible by faithful supporters like you. Find out more at returntotheword.com. Welcome back to Studies in the Scriptures, and today we're going to begin our discipleship series with lesson number one. And our first lesson is on how to study the Bible. We're going to start basic and then move to the more advanced. Before we get started, I'd like to mention a tremendous resource. It's a book called Basic Bible Interpretation by Roy Zuck. You can find it on Amazon and all the major platforms. It's a tremendous resource for your library. I'd like to begin by asking the question, have you ever thought about how amazing the Bible is? Some people would like us to think that it's just a bunch of stories passed down from one generation to another. Others want us to think of the Bible as just one of the many sacred texts, but the Bible is the only book that God has ever written. The Bible claims to be the Word of God thousands of times, which means if you claim to believe the Bible, then you believe it is the very Word of God. So I'd like you to think, if I was a new Christian and I came up to you and asked you, how do we know that the Bible is the Word of God? What would your answer be? Well, I have a list. Let me give you five reasons that you can believe the Bible is the Word of God. First is supernatural unity. The Bible is really a collection of 66 books, but consider it was written over a period of 1,500 years in three different languages by 40 different human authors. These men were directed by the Holy Spirit of God to write the pages of Scripture. The Old and New Testaments include 1,100 chapters in over 31,000 verses, and yet the Bible never not once, contradicts itself. People think it does because they don't understand it, but it never does. There is unity to the pages of Scripture from the first page to the last. That could only come from God. Second, fulfilled prophecy. No other book in the history of man has ever made the kind and number of predictions made in the Bible with the 100% accuracy that the Bible has. When it comes to fulfilled prophecy, maybe you can think of some examples. Well, let me give you just one. The prophet Isaiah predicted 100 years before he was born that a Persian ruler named Cyrus would allow the Jews to return to Jerusalem from captivity. And it happened precisely as God said. There are hundreds of fulfilled prophecies in the Bible. No other book can make that claim. Third on my list is what I call uniqueness. The Bible is unique in its preservation, its teaching, and its message. Here's what I mean by that. Many have tried to destroy the Bible, but it has preserved over the centuries. And no other book in all the world has the teaching, the message contained in the Bible. The message of salvation by grace through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Fourth, I would list archaeology as a proof for the claims of the Bible. In other words, the spade is always a friend and not a foe to the Bible. There has never been an archaeological discovery that has contradicted or disproved the Bible. I have mentioned before that skeptics used to always say that the Hittites that are mentioned in the Bible, it was said that they never existed, and this meant that the Bible is not true. Until about a century ago, 
archaeologists discovered the Hittite civilization. And last but not least, the fifth reason I would state to have confidence in the word of God is the testimony of Jesus Christ, because Jesus himself repeatedly quoted the Old Testament as the word of God. He believed in the historical accounts of Adam and Eve and Jonah and the whale. But what does it matter? Even if we believe that God wrote down the word of God, even if we believe that God preserved it for us, what does it matter if we can't read it, understand it correctly, and apply it to our lives? And so when we talk about studying the Bible, we talk about something called hermeneutics. Maybe you have a working definition of what hermeneutics is. Well, it's not a disease. It sure sounds like one. Hermeneutics is the science of biblical interpretation. In other words, hermeneutics is the science of making the Bible clear. And I would argue that the better we do with our Bible study methods, the clearer the message of the Bible will become. The Bible is God's written revelation to us, but what does this mean practically? It means he didn't design it to be concealed, but revealed. He wants us to understand his word, his truth. Let's read two passages. The first is John 8, starting in verse 30 through verse 32. It says, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And then John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus said his word can sanctify us. Jesus said his word can set us free. But how can it do that if we don't correctly understand it? See, God didn't give us his word just to puff us up with knowledge or to satisfy our curiosity, but to first transform our eternal destiny and then transform our daily lives as we understand and believe God's truth. But in order to understand the scriptures correctly, we have to interpret the Bible correctly. So how do you interpret the Bible? Do you just pick it up? Do you read it? Do you come to the first conclusion that comes to your mind? Are there any principles that can help with the process of interpreting the Bible? In this study and the next that follow, I want to give you 10 principles that guide you in your interpretation of the Bible. But before we do, I want us to look at a key passage on Bible interpretation. Turn, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, where Paul writes, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Paul was writing to Timothy, a pastor. This is the theme verse for our study. There are five things I want to bring out in this verse that help us to correctly understand and communicate God's word to other people. First, the activity that is needed for you to communicate God's word to others is that first, you must study God's word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent, rightly dividing the word of truth. Hardworking, focused, faithful to the task. This becomes a priority in your life. I have been studying the word of God almost every day for 26 years, and I am amazed and humbled at how much I do not know. It takes work. We must be diligent to set aside the time to make it a priority to study in order to correctly interpret the Word of God. The deeper study of God's Word is a part of God's will for your life, especially those who teach. God wants us to know His Word. 
Then we notice in 2 Timothy 2.15 that we are accountable for what we learn and for what we teach. The accountability of our studying, the accountability of our teaching is seen by the words that we need to present ourselves approved to God. Now, what does this mean? Well, approved speaks of an examination before a judge or a group of people to determine approval. Listen, every Christian, every one of us is a teacher of God's word to your friends, to your family. And the Bible is telling us that not only are other people listening to your teaching, but God is also listening. We need to be studying the word of God with the mindset that we want to get it right because we will have to give an account. That is why the issue is never, do people like what I'm saying? Because the question is, does God approve of it? Is what I'm saying to others about the Christian faith true to his word? We study to be approved unto God. But what is the goal? What are we aiming for in our study of God's word? Well, the aim, our goal is to be a worker who does not need to be ashamed, meaning here in 2 Timothy, the one who has no cause for shame. Think of it this way. Every single one of us is going to stand before Jesus Christ one day and give an account for our lives. As believers, we also will give an account of our understanding and how well we communicated God's truth to others. You can either hear, well done, good and faithful servant, or you can be ashamed. 1 John 2.28, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. God's desire is that you are not ashamed on that day. So does it matter whether you come to the right conclusions as long as you try, as long as you are a diligent student? (laughs) Yes, it absolutely matters. We need to come to an accurate understanding of the truths of Scripture. Now, this brings us to our next point, that we all need to strive for accuracy. The accuracy of your studying, the accuracy of your teaching is emphasized by the phrase, rightly dividing. This means cutting straight or handling accurately. Here is how the Greek word was used. For a straight cut, they used it to refer to a straight path or a tent maker like Paul cutting the cloth straight so everything fits together. And when we study the word of God, we need to cut it right. Precision and accuracy is the point here. See, Paul was stressing to Timothy that the word of God needs to be rightly divided and we need to be careful, accurate in our study. But there is more here in our verse. Where do we get our authority to teach others about Jesus Christ? The authority for our teaching involves the communication of the word of truth. God's truth is the authority, not men, not the tradition of men, not the teaching of any particular church. It is not our experience, our opinion. The word of God is the standard. Here is why this is a beautiful concept. You and I are not at the mercy of any teacher that may stray from the truth because we have the word of God. We have the spirit of God. We have prayer and we have the promises of God. We are to be like the Bereans who heard the teaching of God's word and then they searched the scriptures daily to make sure what they were being taught was true to the word of God. See, the bottom line is always, what does God say in his word? Everything God wants us to know has already been written down But here are some of the problems that come up. Some people study the Bible as an academic exercise. Others don't see the need for digging in, comparing Scripture with Scripture, because they think God will reveal stuff to you when you need it. 
Maybe they flip open the text and wherever your finger lands, that is the answer to your prayers. You know, I used to do that too as a new Christian, but now I understand that that's mysticism. Others think that you can just sit back and pray and the Holy Spirit will automatically give you the correct interpretation, that the Holy Spirit will give you the meaning without studying the text. But if that is correct, then every Christian should have the right and the same opinion on every text because we all have the Spirit of God. We learn God's truth by studying the words, the gender of nouns, the tense, the mood, and the voice of the verbs used. We study the meaning of words in the culture and the context in which they were written. I do think that some knowledge of Hebrew and some knowledge of Greek is helpful. Every Christian should learn how to use a concordance, and you should have more than one because different authors have different understanding of word meanings. Just like English dictionaries have slightly different definitions, concordances are the same way. More than one is good. Learn how to use them to do word studies so you can learn the meaning of some of the words. Let's turn over, if you would, to 2 Peter chapter 3. The Apostle Peter warns us of the need to make sure we have an accurate interpretation of God's word. 2 Peter 3 says in verses 15 through 16, And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Some scriptures are hard to be understood, especially, I would say, the Apostle Paul's. Well, this should make us feel better when we struggle with a difficult text. And Peter also warns about those who are unlearned and unstable, who twist or pervert the scriptures. They twist them out of their context. They twist or pervert them out of their meaning. They arrive at inaccurate conclusions in their study. And let me tell you, this has a devastating impact on the body of Christ. And this is what Peter says, their own destruction. No wonder James 3 warns, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Peter viewed Paul's epistles as possessing the same level of inspiration as the other scriptures. And not only does the New Testament authenticate the Old Testament, but the New Testament authenticates itself. Here's the beauty. Every believer has the great privilege to study and understand the Word of God for themselves. But as James warns, those who teach it, the responsibility is more. There is a stricter judgment. Now, why? Why is this true? Well, the answer is God takes the communication of his truth very seriously. Because when you teach the word of God, you influence the thinking of other people. God will hold teachers to a stricter standard of judgment. And we all, to some degree, teach others about the Christian faith. So we study to be approved under God. We study to rightly divide the word of truth to consider what God says. Otherwise, if we twist the scriptures, we can hurt others and ourselves in the faith. So in the rest of our time today and then next time when we cover this again, I want to start to cover 10 principles of biblical interpretation. 
As we look at this, let me remind you, we are not overlooking the role of prayer and we are not overlooking the role of the Spirit of God. But right now we are just looking at methods to help us rightly divide the text. First up is that there are three basic steps to Bible study. You must observe the text. This answers the question, what does this say? We tend to like to jump immediately to the application before we have observed what the passage is saying. But you need to get into the mindset of being like a detective in searching out God's truth. This is the deep dive, looking for clues, keys that open the door of your understanding of the truth. Ask questions and look for the answers. Don't settle for a superficial understanding and do not believe everything you hear. Look at it yourself. Now, we can be thankful that we have good translations of the Bible. Use more than one. Observation is first. This is where you should spend most of your time. And then you must interpret the text. This answers the question, what does this mean? The better you do when you observe the passage, the less you will struggle to interpret the passage. Based on the observations of the passage, we can determine the meaning intended by the author. Your observations of the passage will determine your interpretation of the text. Observe, interpret, then you apply the text. This answers the question, where and how does this apply? Where does application start? It starts with us, because the best way to communicate God's word is after you have applied it for yourself. 1 Timothy 4.16, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. After you apply it, then and only then is the application for your audience, those you teach. And so there is a flow that comes. Accurate observations lead to a correct interpretation, which leads to the right application. Observe, interpret, and then apply. And the goal of this entire process, the goal of Bible interpretation, is to understand the meaning of the text as it was originally intended, and then let the Word of God change us. There is inherent meaning in the words themselves that God put there. Our job is not to bring meaning to the text. Our job is to understand the meaning that God put there. We are always looking for the original meaning intended by God. And when you talk about the bridges to be crossed, when trying to accurately interpret the text, you have to consider time, the historical setting, space, the geography of the text, culture, language, the literary form. And then let us never forget that God himself is the author. Our goal is to know his word. We're going to leave it here for this time. We'll pick it up again, digging deeper in on this subject, looking deeper at the nuts and bolts of it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Studies in the Scriptures. Return to the Word Ministries is committed to teaching the full counsel of God's Word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more about our ministry, please visit returntotheword.com. Return to the Word is a faith ministry. This means we freely distribute the teaching of the Word of God over the air and online. We do this without charge. If you feel led to support the ministry with a donation to help cover these costs, you may do so on our website, returntotheword.com, or by mailing a donation to Return to the Word, P.O. Box 879-259, Wasilla, Alaska, 99687. 
Thanks for listening, and we pray that the Word of God will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. 